Hey, everybody. Welcome to Social Beauty Makers, the podcast, where every Wednesday we'll bring you fast-paced, powerful 15 or so minute episodes meant to inform, educate, and inspire around a variety of topics, including trends in all things tech for the professional salon industry. And today's going to be one of those and more days. It's not going to be 15 minutes. I'm thinking 30, 45. Uh, time will tell once you hear our guests. I think you'll be excited to hear everything we have to talk about. Um, let me remind you that on Sundays, you can find me hosting BeautyCast Network's Mastering Beauty podcast, featuring brilliant guests sharing their best advice on building sustainable, successful, and satisfying careers. Go look for it. And uh, if you like the podcast, please consider hitting the like button or sharing a review. Uh, both help others to find the podcast. I'm Gordon Miller, your podcast host. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, this is the first episode of 2024. And so today I'm, I'm breaking with format a little bit. You know, I've, I've been doing this podcast really solo for quite some time now and having a blast doing it. I'm miss having guests, but that's why I have my other podcast, but I'm bringing a guest on today to kick off the new year with a conversation about artificial intelligence. Some of you might be thinking, oh no, not again, <laughs> but it's going to be a good one. I promise you. Um, and, and really get into what it might mean for salons and professionals going forward uh, to help me dig into this. I'm, I'm thrilled to welcome a special guest, an iconic hairdresser, educator, entrepreneur, New York City Again, iconic salon owner behind the chair from time to time, and he's a never-ending learner. And like me, he's obsessed with artificial intelligence. Welcome, Sam Bricado. Hey, Gordon. Great to be here. Really great to be here. How are you? Always. I'm good. You know, I, I, whenever we get together to do a recording, um, when I hit the record button, I'm like, damn, I should have hit it 15 minutes ago because we have such good conversations before we get started. And we, we just dug into a lot of fun stuff. Yeah, we do. We a little warm-up time. Get this going, talking about all the things that influence us. And the good news about both of us, I think, is that every single thing that filters in, the majority of it shines a light on the hair salon and the beauty industry in general and helps us do our part in moving it all forward. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that's about something really important, I think, that not enough of us talk about, you know, kind of big picture, including from stages and things. And that is that you know, we're part of this way bigger world. Like we're just this tiny, tiny little category in this massive world that we live in. And what's happening in the rest of the world is really important to everything that goes on in our businesses. And I think we're often kind of behind other industries in many ways. And sometimes that's because we just aren't connecting the dots to the larger world and to us. Interesting. I think that if you're really behind the chair, and I'm definitely still enough behind the chair to listen and plug in to mostly women. Um, but it you get an out you get a view of the world if you're listening. I, I tend to talk a little too much. Um, but um if you're really listening and you find the right prompts for the human, it's amazing the broad view we can get as service providers and just people participating in the human experience because I really believe that luxury is a human touch and human reaction going forward. I'll I'll just I stay with that. I just keep thinking about it and looking at it and thinking we're just not evolving so fast that we really want to have everything done totally by somebody else and not interact with humans. We want to interact with humans. Mm-hmm. Even someone that we don't like. Well, I think, you know, what excites me most about artificial intelligence, which is a really big category, you know, we don't have time to go into all the things it does, but there's many types of AI. A lot of it's been around for a long time. Pretty much all of us come in contact with it every single day and have for a number of years. We don't, you know, always understand or realize it. But I think, you know, back to your thought about connecting with people, to me, the thing that excites me is just simply efficiency. 
that the AI that I'm encountering, you know, and, and using and, and, and also reading and studying about, the efficiencies can allow us to have more human interactions, not less. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think that since I've been so obsessed, it's been roughly one year since I downloaded ChatGPT onto my phone and mm -hmm. started playing with it. With, uh, I think it was actually December 8th of last year. and We were at our home in Louisiana. I have clearly felt like I'm a smarter person. And I'm, you know, here's a really weird one. I actually am remembering people's names better because my mind is so much more active in thinking about thinking and, and really being in tune because I realize that such a huge part of what we're removing is about intelligence, obviously, you know, artificial intelligence, but our own intelligence. Because if you're, you know, if you're prompting a chatbot or whatever, you, it, you better ha have a really good prompt. So you have to really think about it. You have to have inquisitive and meaningful questions. And then, and, 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 and that way, I think that you, you'll find you'll, you'll have the best interaction. But that interaction is the same as with other people. You know, I spent the last two days at the Society of Cosmetic Chemists in here in New York City, long days, at 7.30 a.m. until 5.30. And I'm in there with PhDs and, and, and scientists. Not there, there wasn't a single hairdresser there that I know of. I looked and looked and looked. The whole idea of it is here I am interacting with them, and I'm stretching myself to think out of the proverbial box. I'm very interested in that cosmetic science and all, but they're not thinking about how to make just a, you know, a bottle of shampoo. They're trying to make a single ingredient and all. So I think that what happens is you push your levels of thought and inquisitiveness and curiosity, you're, you're naturally going to be interested in, in interacting with more people. And if you use that same guideline while you're working at the chair and you can keep your focus on the service providing part of it and have it as an ancillary support system, your ability to think and really um, interact with that person in the chair is going to cause you, cause you to be a very unique sort of service provider and just not a rote victim of, oh, I got to do another haircut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and you mentioned prompts, which you know, to those who may not have heard that term much, I mean, that that is a word that's used to describe how we engage with artificial intelligence, specifically you know, ChatGPT and Claude and those kind of platforms, which in many ways reminds me of how we talk to Google, you know, before we use that word prompt, you know, you'd put in something and the quality of the search results would often have a lot to do with how you ask questions. But listening to you just now, you know, it, it, I was like, oh my gosh, this could have been the beginning of a class, push push away the idea of artificial intelligence, but use the words that you used. It could be a class on consultations. The the importance of, of how we communicate with it, you know, in consultation, the client, right? And, and, and the power of how we choose to ask questions. There's been a gazillion classes on that. And and this this is another version of that. And I have to tell you that literally one of the things I do and I think about things most of the time, a lot of the time. I'm 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 somewhere when I'm when I'm doing it. I don't mean like right now. I'm sitting in our apartment in New York. I when I was talking about that, I was talking about it from the chair side, and I was projected over to the AI thoughts and all that stuff. But I was thinking about the interaction with real people that I worked on last week, and then I'll think I'll work on tomorrow and the next day. Mm -hmm. So I was actually thinking of it from that standpoint that it you know consultation interaction bringing out the most stimulating something and if they want some people don't want to. yep some of them have two phones and a laptop <laughs> <That's nice. laughs> 
Good stuff. Now, before we started, you, you, you were talking um, kind of briefly about, and you used two words, um, augmentation and optimization. And before we dig into the weeds, I want to talk about this last year and any big learnings and what we think might be happening going forward. But it was such a great kind of umbrella thought. So your kind of take on AI from, from the salon perspective and this idea of optimization and augmentation, give us a, give us a little riff on that. Yes, I, I like I've said before. I've been been in all my time. You know, I'm I'm old fashioned. I know they're coming for me, and I don't mean that negatively. But I know mm-hmm. they're coming. So I want to sit in the corner table of the restaurant, and I just want to know who they are and see the whites of their eyes as they approach me. <laughs> I love it. So I'm looking at AI as it relates to its ability to support, build, and grow, and help us to do what we do. So I've been playing around with the words augmented hairstylist. Uh, that's kind of the one I've learned, optimized also. So if you stop for a minute and you start looking at your salon, you look at your business, you look at yourself as a person and say, how can I uh, augment or, in, or, or optimize myself in the job that I do? Which, oh, by the way, one of the good places to start would be go online, you know, look, start talking to chat and all that sort of stuff. You know, and I noticed, by the way, just as a side thought, uh, when you open your browser, it, it, well, I use um, uh, I use uh, Macintosh. Mm-hmm. Safari. Yeah, you, yeah. Thank you, Safari. I just type in a question into the browser, not in Google. It it automatically goes to Google with the question. So I, I, I that was, for me that was a new thing. Just a couple of weeks ago, I discovered accidentally. Uh, <laughs> that's been around for I'm, a bit. I'm a little I'm behind on that. <laughs> so my thinking, Gordon, is that how do I optimize? So well, the way you do that is you take you take sort of the wheel of life in the business, in the work, all the things you do, and you begin asking the questions about optimizing um, financial controls in the, in the business and budgeting and then optimizing inventory control. You know, I will say that one of the things that this just so disheartening to me is the amount of inventory that people carry, you know, in this salon. So uh, inventory control and uh, accounting you know, I don't think you know, that accounting is going to go away because of AI, but I think that the accountants that really, um, really optimize it, I'm telling the two people I work with, uh, two separate CPAs, one's our real up close and personal one. I'm telling her constantly, uh, I want you to use chat and I want you to use the different AIs and give me your feedback. But I want to know, you know, what the what the um, the, the optim, optimized of your question is as it relates to AI. So just take through the take it through the whole salon and walk your way through it. And and I'm not talking about like people who talk about changing your desk out and getting rid of your front desk. For me right now, that's not a, that's not an optim op, uh, option. Um, but augmenting the salon would mean at 9 p.m. maybe for you at 7 p.m. or 6 p.m. whatever time it is a very, very efficient and well-spoken in your language, salons, culture, chatbot begins to answer the phone. Mm-hmm. It says, hi, this is Sam Ricotta Salon, and we're so happy to hear from you. How can I help you tonight? Mm-hmm. And now it's 9 p.m., and now it's 11 p.m., and then it's 4 a.m. when someone's on their treadmill, and yep. they're thinking, oh, I need a haircut. And they call, and they get a chatbot. And they know it's a chatbot, because they say it's a chatbot. And, and, and then at 7 a.m. or whatever time, or 8 a.m., that Allison or whoever unlocks the front door, chatbot goes quiet. So that's an example of what you can do. And, you know, you have to get your API through your a provider, your software provider, and have 
so that they can actually interact in a, in a higher quality way, which might cost you a few more dollars a month to do that. Um, but that's one of the ways that you can utilize it without getting away with the human touch. That reads to the customer, and from what I can tell, as um, we care about you 24-7. We we always want you to be able to reach the voice uh, of of beauty that we represent to you and in, in the salon industry. So I can go on and on about it, but I mean, I think I get the gist of it. You just sort of yeah. Well, well, and, and what you're describing, you know, I'm going to use both those words in a little bit different way, but but you know, you're augmenting, you know, kind of kind of adding to this bigger idea of, of the receptionist, you know, the front desk of of someone who takes care of clients, you know, outside the service provider. So you're augmenting that by making it 24 seven, which is almost impossible otherwise, you know. And then, but then you're also kind of optimizing the idea of of reception um, because by expanding it, you know, by augmenting it, that in this example, leads to an optimization of, of kind of the processes around this big idea of customer service and reception, you know? So, and it's really important. And many of us were talking 10, 15 years ago, well, say 10, 12 years ago about online booking. I was one of the early people in the industry going, hey, if you don't have online booking, um, I'm not coming to your salon because I think about my hair at six in the morning when I get out of the shower and I think of it at 10 at night and that's when I want to make an appointment and it's frustrating as hell. You know, for me, just because of a busy life, it's, it doesn't mean everybody's like this, but I, I, and I think we have watched the world progress now where the industry has certainly adopted technology, you know, whether it's booking, um, but still only half of salons use it, whether it's social media, which most salons I would say use it, but don't use it well. Um, you can go on and on, um, but, but over time, you know, technology has slowly but surely completely changed the world over the course of our lifetimes completely. And that's before AI. Yeah. And, you know, what you said about online, online booking, we certainly have a very robust online booking system that we're really happy with. Uh, but there is that person. And for me and my, my crazy little world, you know, I asked about this in, internally about four months ago. And I said, how many? And they said, well, you know, we really only get like one or four calls, you know, very late or whatever. And I said, well, four calls multiplied by 365 days a year. How many is that? You know, I only spend $7 a day on my chai latte. Yeah, but you spend it every day, five days, seven days a week. How much is that? And you're talking about retirement savings. Blah, 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 blah. So I think you really have to slice and dice it up in a way that says, we're because it obviously it's such a competitive environment and there's so many other places for people to go see and do and spend and you just got to make it real and people go you know what somebody's really thinking about that this is somebody's really thinking about how this business is being run and they're doing it because they must care about me well and, and going back to you know efficiencies and I, I would add another word which is opportunity and let's use that online booking thing. And I think, you know, there was so much pushback for so many years and there's still a lot of pushback. And I think it's also important to say, yeah, I, I'm that person who wants to use it, right? I, because of, of the salons aren't open when I think about my hair. Having said that, I know that not every client that goes to any salon wants to use online booking. It's all a matter of niches. So like, if you're really busy and you don't have online booking, you're going, oh, screw him. You know, <laughs> I don't need online booking. I would just say to think about how many clients perhaps are in the category in your neighborhood or your area where you draw clients from that are like me, who will never come into your salon because you don't have online booking. And if you can grow your business by 10% because you added an online booking platform, is it worth it? It's an interesting question. Yeah, I think it, uh, I think it, I, it is an interesting question. And for me, just as a guest on your show, it's a no-brainer. 
Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I agree. So let's let's talk quick about 2023. So we we saw everybody, you know, um, I think find found AI in their consciousness. You know, many many did nothing with that. Um, many kind of grabbed onto the fear. Others grabbed onto the opportunity. Um, any kind of big end of your thoughts about 2023 and 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 what all this might mean? Kind of the short version. I have um, one example that's directly tied to the chair and my own observations of AI, where it started right at the beginning of this last year, this year, 23. And uh, so I would talk to someone, uh, matter of fact, one person that's on my book for Saturday for a haircut. It comes about every nine or eight or nine weeks. And I mentioned it to her and, and we talked a little bit about it and she came back again. And I think the second or third time I talked to her, she was like, um, you know, I just don't know. And I just, it just seems really weird. I'm afraid of it. Well, the last two times she's came, come in, she brought her laptop. Mm. And she asked me to show her mm-hmm. what it was she was doing. Love it. So I, I want to say that what I noticed about 2023 so far, it's about um, first you hear about it. And it's almost like you hear about it and you go, eh, I'm not interested. That's just more technology. But then all of a sudden, it starts to roll along and you begin to realize it's not a it's not adoption because the adoption level is still quite low. Um, but the acknowledgement that it exists and that it's gonna do something like a really smart, superior, sophisticated person I talked to yesterday at the cosmetic chemistry show uh said to me, Yes, it's great to analyze in a 10,000 page document for me so I can tell my boss what he needs to hear and what we need to know. And I thought to myself, when she said that, she's a very smart, very sophisticated, professional woman, person. But you know what? She doesn't know what she's talking about. She doesn't realize that she's doing a snapshot of where things are. So I think 2023 is a, is a, have been in part the ability to really spread it out, put it out there, let um, let society as a whole begin to engage with it and experiment with it and get some knowledge around it and uh, prepare people for the changes that are going to take place. And of course, they're going to take place in many different ways. One thing I'll close 2023 with for personally and for the people that, you know, I, I kind of represent or work with in my salon business is that we're in a really good place. If you understand the idea of a mode, I don't know if I've ever said that before, but you know, you have a moat around a castle. And if you look at the stock market, they talk about the quote moat, like Apple has a massive moat around it, which is very hard for competitors to get to it. I think that as service providers and salon people, and that includes front desk, all the support people, because we're all part of the microsystem, microcosm that delivers this thing called culture service and and you know to our and to our customers, our guests. Um, I think we're in a really good place. Um you know, looking at this morning, you I think you saw the same thing. I saw Optimus too, the the Tesla. Yep, robots. Yeah, robot. The robots are coming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't see a robot. I mean, it was dancing. It can move. It can pick yep. up a heavy box. There's a lot of things it could do. Yep. But the one word I want everyone to keep a f- hyper focus on when you're thinking about the future of your work is the word is dexterity. Mm. So, I think dexterity and the ability to move and touch and the suppleness of moving the hair around and touching the hair and understanding those three strands that need to go into the foil and the 20 that need to be left out. 
those are the subtleties and, and the things that create the moat. Now, although I don't want to dwell on it, like, okay, we got a wall built around us. What the hell mm-hmm. are we going to wall? I think people need to observe that here is a time to be adjusting and, and adapting to how to optimize and, and yourselves and augment what you're doing so that as AI and, and all the things around it, you know, quantum computing, all the tiles have been laid out in 2023. I say all of them. I mean, everything I get discovered. I think 2023 represents on the cutting edge is AI. On the backside is um, biology, the uh, microbiology and the things that are being created in labs. And then I think quantum computing and then synthetic thought. Those are the things that make up the world that's going to be a huge part of our lives now and going forward. So I think 2023 shows us um, for instance, sickle cell disease. They found a, uh, a workaround for that. Um, I've read several times, but I haven't really delved into it because I've lost very dear friends, including my brother, to pancreatic cancer. I read and heard that they'd found some early stage AI uh, studying that to figure out how to know if someone has the pancreatic cancer gene. We don't know how to do that so far. Um, I think things like that are miraculous and super wonderful. So I think there's a lot of things that have been laid out for us in 2023. And as we look past the end of the year and into next year, then things will become more. But you have to be, you have to be informed. And it, I, I please, I mean, I just hope that people will take a moment and at least read a synopsis of some of the books that have been written by the people that started the early development of AI, because it'll help you understand how much work went into just getting it started and all the time, but then understanding how it it multiplies. And um, it'll just help you understand how to interact with it. That's what's been really helpful for me because I'm, I'm constantly thinking about, you know, where are we going? How are we going to get there? What's it going to be like? And and that's what I love about the, the and I'll close with this. I mean, a long time ago, I decided that the salon industry and the world of beauty and, and fashion and hair and all that, that's where, that's my place. That's my sweet spot. That's where I want to be. And so I find that when I hear, do, or see anything, I filter everything back through that. And everything comes out at least some sort of an, impression upon me that has to do with what I'll do today, maybe, hopefully, that will make a difference for me and my world around me as it relates to the salon industry. So you have to read a book. You have to understand something that is as powerful. And I'll use the word cataclysmic, but I don't mean it negatively, but it is such a ground-shifting, and I don't mean just AI by itself. Remember, I said synthetic biology and quantum computing, those things make up the real total force of what's going on, and they are being evolved as fast as possible. The good news is they're being evolved very fast and move forward very fast. The bad news is they're being evolved very fast and moving very fast inside of a uh, how do we monetize this. And sometimes that monetizing, making money with the AI uh, on the parts of many, many people is not taking into consideration the downside risk of what's going on.
I don't know if that helps in my experience, <laughs> but that's kind of a, a, a mind dump of some of my thoughts and things I've been doing up until today. Well, it's important context, you know, and I, as a, you know, a longtime successful salon owner, I think you, you bring important context, I, I hope, to the audience. When we you know, consider like, you know, big innovations of technology that we've lived through, you know, over the last, you know, 30, 40 years, you know, there's like this, there's always this kind of afterwards, there's always this curve that somebody puts together that shows how the technology has progressed through the world in, in terms of it being used, whether it's industries, whether it's individual people. And it always kind of starts with, okay, here's this big idea. And then if it's, if, if, if it's relevant enough to enough people, you have the early adopters, which is usually a very small number relative to, to scale. And it, it feels like that's where we're at. You know, we are in this early adoption phase where the masses of people are like, yeah, okay, whatever, I'll wait and see what happens. And I said to you earlier, it reminds me of when, you know, uh, personalized, you know, computing started, the PC, which, you know, wasn't here when you and I were young. And it kind of happened and the Macintosh launched, but the majority of people who were really adopting the personal computing idea, they were hobbyists, computer hobbyists. You know, they were serious people, they were coders. They were building computers in garages on their own, buying parts from all different places and they had a community. And then over time, it became, um, I'll use that word that I think is where we're headed with AI, which is ubiquitous. It was everywhere. Everybody's got a PC, you know, all businesses use PCs, you know, all businesses use computing power. But again, we went through this curve. Interestingly, you know, we're in a really weird place on this, what will be a, a, a fascinating curve to, to unfold on AI, because they did something no one's ever done before, which is to take an early kind of model of, of a technological innovation and just put it out into the world and say, everybody try it because they, they needed us to help, to help train it, to help make it stronger, to help make it better. And it's a big idea that I think it's lost on a lot of people because there's getting a lot of fear, but we're still in, we're still very much in early days. But the trend, the trends are so fast nowadays, the curve's gonna be shorter no matter what. I think, I think there's, there's a person that looks at it and sort of, a, hey, my way has worked well for, for all my life. Why should I change or pay attention to that? And plus it's just a big hype cycle. So people will talk about what you're talking about, the development and the, the adaptation. Some people call that the hype cycle. They don't see it as development and adaptation. And I think uh, yesterday morning I heard a, a lecture on on this group of um, people that live in the savannas in Amazon, and, and they have a total different microbiome in their bodies, everything about them. Uh, they don't get gray hair. They don't go bald. They don't get uh, wrinkles. Um, you know, they just, you know, they're just a secret group of people that have been studied uh, extensively in the last five years. And, and there was something the guy said that stuck with me almost as much as anything I learned over the 14 hours of classes I just went through. And he said, you know, we get very smart before we get wise. Mm. <laughs> and, and I was talking to this, again, the same woman at the end of the day yesterday, my name is Morgan. And I said, and she said to me, I said, what I loved was smart before wise. And she said, you know, my kids right now, my teenage kids, they are so damn smart, but they're so stupid in a way because <laughs> they just don't have the wisdom of, well, in life, what happens is you start realizing you're going, you're saying, well, you know, this kind of looks like that. Therefore, I'm going to do this. And I, I think that the ability to realize that right now, What's going on with the uh, technology and AI is a very, very intensely smart moment. And um, I tell you before, this is such, and this is a big divine aha for me this year. 
I would love to have had this brilliant technology sitting at my side in 1970s and 80s when I was developing my salon company, Lockworks, down in Louisiana, and trying to figure out all this stuff. I had so many questions about everything. I didn't have a lot of people to talk to. Most people were smarter than me, but they weren't as inquisitive and curious about me. So they weren't really able to get into critical thinking that would transform the question into something that was magnifiable into a future that was different than what we were doing today. So I was stuck in a way. All I could do was read and go to shows or, you know, run into someone like you all the time at the shows and all and talk about these possibilities. And here we are where anybody listening to this at the end of this can sit down and say, ask yourself the five, six, seven or eight most important questions that you want answered. And then you can ask this brilliant computer and don't judge. Just, you can just ask this, I call it a computer, AI. You couldn't do that before. What a gift. What an opportunity to, to you know, it's amazing. By the way, I just want to say one other thing about the guy that lectured yesterday morning. He finished his talk and he says, okay, I, I, I want everyone in the room, just close your eyes for a minute. I'm going to give, give you one word. And, and, um, and I want you to picture, don't tell anybody, I want you to picture this word in your mind as to what it looks like, what it includes, what it doesn't include, blah, blah, blah. So on the screen, real big and huge green letters, the word nature pops up. There are only 400 of us in this auditorium, in this ballroom. And he stops and he says, okay, now turn on the lights, raise the lights. Anyone who pictured nature with a human being in it, raise your hand. Mm. No one raised their hand. Mm -hmm. No, one. he says, I've done this all over the place. And people don't. And his point was, that's part of the challenges we have. And I'm kind of off subject a little bit, but I, I was just so moved by it, by the fact that, yeah, that makes sense. That we are really, I saw a billboard yesterday, and I'm not trying to preach vegan. I saw a billboard of this three big cows. It said, I am not your dinner. I am not your shoes. We are family. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> right? I, 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 I love that. Well, and you're, you're speaking about something I think is really important. It goes back to your, you know, smart versus wise, but it connects to everything you just said. And that's this bigger idea of context. And, you know, our context hopefully expands over time. And, and the more context we have that we can apply to any topic, especially something new in our lives, the more powerful it's going to be for us. You know, those prompts we were talking about, that question about nature, those, those, that's, that's a prompt of sorts. And the, the answer that we deliver, you know, often has to do with our own personal context. You know, so, so many people that I've talked to who use chat, who didn't have a good experience, I'm like, walk me through what you did. And as they explain things to me, I'm like, oh, you're, you don't know how to prompt. So you're judging based on your own inability to have a smart conversation with this device. Just like a new professional might have a not very productive conversation with a client in a consultation because they just didn't have the right words. Hopefully there's a mentor, there's a coach, there's an educator who can help bring added context to that conversation and everything becomes more powerful. So, you know, it's just kind of the basics of how we get through life and you have to apply it to this new idea. Yeah. yeah. And one other thing about 2023 is uh, for me was uh, the aha and the moment of understanding. I, I kept hearing natural language. Natural language interactions, natural. It took me a real while to realize that natural language is just kind of like what we're doing right now. So, if AI were going to come back and go through everything we talked about, 
it could take our quote natural language and design things and you could tell it which area you want to design it in. It could design things based off of our conversation because it would jump in and pull out the cues that had to do with human resources in the salon industry, finances in the salon industry, um, service providers. It would pull from this conversation. That's how intuitive it is and how fast it can do it is, is, is mesmerizing. But in the future, and what's great for people in general is natural language. You don't have to code. You don't have to. But I think that that is part of, uh, of an important part of the transformation that will make it even for all of us to be able to to ask questions in a natural language. And then the other thing I was added on prompting, if you don't, I get some newsletters, I think it's called the AI News or whatever. And I get that newsletter and they're constantly offering up prompts. And if you go back and look at them over the months, I look back over like about 15 of them. And the change in the prompts is becoming more uh, detailed, more sophisticated, and it really gets back to what Sam Lappin, the Lappinall founder, Redkin, he came up to me one time after I spoke in front of 700 people in San Diego, I'm sorry, Long Beach. And he comes up to me, I didn't know who he was, he looked at me, he said, I never heard of hairstyles with such a big vocabulary. He says, why do you have such a big vocabulary? And I didn't think anything of it. I said, I just read all the time. I read at least a book a week. And and so I guess the challenge is that that we all take in enough incoming data. And it doesn't have to be about just business. It can put a bit of things that expand your ability to interact at a more and progressively more um, intelligent level because intelligence is going to become more and more cornerstone of, of how we live our lives you know, going forward. Yep. There's no doubt about it. All right. So 2024. So I want to talk about what you see might be coming up. I think, you know, I just listened to a podcast with um, Sam Altman being interviewed by Trevor Noah. And he, I've heard him say this before, but every time I hear it, it just like stops me in my tracks. And and he made the comment that ChatGBT4 is like, it's okay. It's not so good. Um, and that it's going to be so much better. Now that's him as a, as a, one of the godfathers of it as a developer, as someone who has this vision for where it might be going. But the fact that he said, you know, it's not very good yet. And it's going to be, uh, for people like us is like, wow, what the heck is coming? So I'll, 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 I'll leave you with that as, as a start for what you're thinking in 2024. I'm pretty caught up in the idea of the belief that, you know, AI is like a, it's like a, a human. I mean, it's, it's a child. And I think in 24, you're going to see it go from being maybe seven years old, five years old. My little two and a half year old granddaughter, is she's pretty damn smart. <laughs> she can speak well and really she's starting to talk well. And she and I are building block things together, these towers and all. And, and I watch her say, no, no, don't put it there, uh, puppy, put it here. And I act with her. And, I mean, we were like an hour and a half, just the two of us on the floor, back and forth. And and so I see AI as I see uh, Rowan is that as this year comes along, I think it's going to become a teenager, and I think it's going to come close to it. You know, maybe not fully, but more. And that's when it's going to become, as this book is by Mo Goddard, it's called "Scary Smart." 
Um, I think that it'll be, uh, we'll see it at that. We'll see all of a sudden you're going, oh, wow. Because the change that you just said, Gordon, is is happening so fast. And if you're not watching it, and the only way I think you can keep up with it is almost like keeping up with your own health is you have to track it, you know, whether it's going to the gym three times a week or whatever it is, you have to do it. You have to be disciplined enough. And again, you 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 really want to be plugged in enough to know what's going on. You don't have to totally participate because it's going to come participate with you. But uh, I think that that's first off. I think at the salon level, you're going to see, because the salon lags a little bit behind, I think, in the industry, but I think we're going to see a huge hype moment coming up with everything from education to, you know, someone's going to, I was joking with Holly the other day. I said, we should, we should launch a product line called uh, AI, blah, blah, blah. Mm. I venture capitalists in, in my chair the other day. And they said, just put AI in front of it. You'll sell a lot. I think that's going to be a big part of what, of, of what we're going to see in the salon industry. And my only thought and advice to that is, um, yeah, the, the stimulus is the hype um, reactions is not what you want. You want to respond, and it's going to be a pause in the middle as an owner, as a stylist, that don't throw your money out on the table just because something's all hyped up and it looks like it's going to be transformational because I think it's probably not that. And for me personally, it don't get rid of my front desk. And for me personally, I decided a long time ago and everybody's bragging about how they didn't have to work behind the chair anymore and all they do is focus running their business. I was like, wait a minute, hair salons are like really, really, really easy to run. You open in the morning, you close at night, you have no accounts receivables. What's so hard about this? It's a cash business. You have very little uh, barrier of entry to get into it. So what's so hard about this? And the, obviously the answer to that, people. <laughs> you know, humans, like the complexities of humanity. So the way I decided not to take my hands out of the hair, so to speak, is the same thing I would say about operating your business as it relates to AI. I wouldn't make any drastic changes. You'll have time to make changes. Pause. Look at what they're really presenting and then really ask yourself, but will it really move the needle on customer service, cash flow, and the and the experience of the people that work here? And if it doesn't check those boxes, then have trust and faith in yourself to make a business decision that I'm not going to do that right now. I'm, I'm going to pay close attention to it. I'm going to watch it, but I'm not going to do it now. And I think that's where most of us get go wrong is, you know, we, we course correct too much. And we're in the we're in the um, cockpit of this airplane, and and I and I, you know I took flying lessons, and you have to course correct, but it's ever so slight that you course correct, and sometimes we over course correct and we hit hit something or we, we go the wrong way entirely, and so if it if it's working, I said the other day to uh, Jenna that manages our business, and I said uh, we have really full full book. And she said, but it's interesting. There's only a couple of brand new customers. We get a lot of new customers. And I said, so what does that tell you? And she said, tells me that our very loyal, devoted customers are showing up here for us and counting on us. And I said, so where does that leave us? And she says, I, I don't know. What do you think? I said, I said well, I'm going to say what I said, but yes. don't screw this up. Because <laughs> yep. here we are. We're doing so. What I really want to say is this two things. One about where are you as a salon operation, whether you're standing, are you working alone or working in a, in a larger operation? And 
How does AI interface with that? And what will you do with those tools? Are you doing a good job already? And can you do 10 times better? I doubt it. You know, I mean, you can do better. You hear people are going 10x, 20x, everything you do. You know, a lot of that is so much hype. So be smart, be aware, chill back and be wise and make your decision. So I think AI is going to permeate every part of our lives. I think we will see it. I think we'll see it around us more uh, than actually inside the doors of our salons. Not that it won't be there, but I think you will see it more. Uh, I think I said the other day about Holly booking doctor's appointments and asking her if they want a, if she wants an AI doctor uh, to to answer questions about the test and all. And um, I think that expect that quite quite a lot because that's going to happen more and more. And, and around that, so much of what you're talking about, really, there's this big idea of trust, you know, as, as in whatever it is that we're thinking about. You, know, you hire a new accountant. Do you, do you feel trust from the moment you sign that person up? And, and if you do, you're probably going to bring them on. But if you don't, you're not going to. And the same is true of technology. You know, so many people didn't want to get into booking systems because they didn't trust them. We heard so often early on that, oh, no, no, they're going to screw up my book. You know, the client is going to screw up my book because they don't know how much time to request. And, you know, we, we lived through that and, and came out on the other side. So I, I do think, you know, trust is interesting and connect the dots to where I think AI is going to have the biggest influence on salons. And that is by way of the things that we already trust. You know, the software systems you're using, Microsoft Office, Excel, Word, you know, that Copilot is bringing AI deeply. So, there's this big conversation in the AI smart people world about one day soon, it's going to be like electricity. And we don't talk about electricity, most of us, until the light goes out. You know, it's like, And even then we talk about the light bulb, not the electricity. You know, so, so once it's kind of everywhere and it kind of almost already is, it's in TikTok, it's in all the social platforms, it's in Spotify, you know, it's, it's now in so many software programs, it's, it's in booking systems. So we're going to have it whether we know it or not. I think it's powerful to understand that we know it, that it's in there. It doesn't mean we have to go use ChatGPT. Maybe that's a little bit too advanced or too obvious for some, but there's no, there's no stopping it. And, and I think you and I are paying enough attention now to look backwards and go, okay, that stuff was already here and it's, it actually made everything better. Again, it's imperfect, but um, I, I think that is going to be the big movement in 2024 is what we're going to start to learn that so much of what we use is in being enhanced by way of AI. And you don't necessarily have to learn anything except how to use what it is that you already have in, in perhaps a little yeah, bit of a new way. Exactly. And, and Gordon, it's like that that image that I shared with you the other day that had to do with, with the printing press and manufacturing and all that. And, you know, the printing press came along and they said, no, people are not going to learn anymore, whatever, whatever it was. And we adapted and we and we did adapt to everything. And then it said the smartphone's gonna come along and take away focus. Well, obviously to some degree that's true. <laughs> but but the fact of the matter is we've adapted. You know, we have a smartphone. I have one right here in front of me, you know, I think there are three on this table. But we adapt and we find a way to make it work in our lives and, and all the things that it does, it tracks the things we do, we make our communications and all but what what I would add to that is that when you look at your interface with AI going into 24 and, and forward, it's going to be the speed of change that's going to cause people to be the most disgruntled and and, and just understand that what's, what kind of what's happening is that we're having to adapt faster than we ever have in the past. We had time 
to walk around. Well, for us, we we're in New York and walk around the corner to the Apple store on Fifth Avenue and buy the first iPhone or whatever it was and uh, iPads and all that stuff. We had time to do it on our own. This is coming at us more than us going to it. And and I don't mean that negatively it's coming at us. It's just that it's going to be uh, a lot a lot of change. So you got to really use your deep hairdresser creativity <laughs> knowledge to watch and adapt. If you push back and you try to fight against some things. Now, by the way, I don't want to come across as a person said that if I would have had the ability to make AI a reality or not, you know, I would have quote unquote done it different. I would have I would focus everything on education, everything on healthcare, mm-hmm. everything on better governance, everything on environment, everything on on our uh, our municipalities. I would have focused on all those things, and I wouldn't have focused on how do we scale it to make money. But you know, different people, different priorities. But here we are. And all those categories that you mentioned, again, the really smart people, including Sam, Sam Altman, who's involved in kind of both sides, you know, the monetization as well as just a, this bigger idea. But uh, I was watching something, uh, I was traveling recently and I'm back in the hotel room, I flipped on and I think it was CN, MSM, uh, C, CNBC, whatever it's called. <laughs> there was a program on AI and they were talking about healthcare and climate change. And it was a really interesting guy. And he was like, you know, here's the challenge and here's where we see progress. He's like, we're incapable of analyzing the massive amounts of data that are coming to us in both we, we, the human beings. We, it's taking us so long to get to cures of th- certain things because we're having to use our brains to get there. And the amount of data that's coming from the inside of our bodies that relate to DNA and all kinds of crazy, wonky scientific stuff. And, and climate change is even worse, I guess, from everything I've read, that, that the amount of data to understand it, to find our way to solutions, we need help, you know, and this technology is helpful. Education is another one. I mean, the education system globally, arguably, leaves way too many people behind. Lack of access, lack, lack of access is a starting place. Yeah. And things like Khan Academy or or, you know, what you're talking about, it's most most specifically as relates to AI, it's what's called metadata, and I know you know that. Um, but that metadata is, for instance, for women in particular, but also men too, if you have 10,000 women in the last 36 months that went to one of the hospitals and had a breast scan, and, and they're in your, quote, cohort group, like within seven years, height, weight, blah, 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 blah. Uh, then that metadata can be scanned instantaneously by AI and give you an opinion that's more tuned in or zeroed in than the radiologist can give you. And same thing goes for the 10,000 hours of education by choose your brand inside the industry, whether it's Pivot Point or Hairbrained or BTC or whatever it may be. There's so many wonderful people. That metadata can be distilled quickly and say, here are the seven things or the three things or the 30 things, and here's a way to go about that and all. So I think that when you look at it as it relates to being metadata and the fine data on how things are done, it's like marketing right now. You can you can use the metadata of a five-mile radius because you know, the five-mile radius around the farm is always the sacred zone in my entire career. And now you can go into that five mile radius and look at who's on your books or not on your books and do the type of research on the metadata on, are they even capable of affording an experience in my salon? 
And then picking apart all the, you know, how frequent people are going, all that stuff is available. It's available now. There's so many services you were talking about earlier, Gordon, where they're developing wraparound on, on ChatGPT and Claude and, and their Gemini or whatever. They're wrapping around and specializing in an area. And so right now, our software companies that service us as a salon industry, they're all falling all over themselves to create, based on the APIs of the, you know, the information that's coming from the customer, they're creating these standalone uh, personalized, quote unquote, uh, you know, devices and, and, and uh, tools that we will use to uh, make our salons run that much more better or that much more efficiently or more profitably, uh, just like Schwab or, or some big financial company now, they're launching all these tools. Well, all those tools are wraparounds that are using the information that comes out of this, the voice of Swab, and they're using that to speak to how the customer wants to be heard and given the financial information that um, will help them do better and earn better. And uh, I, I think these are the exciting pieces of things that we'll see in 2024 what it seems like to me. Well, I want to add to that, you know, the, the metadata, you know, is a, is a big idea that's important. Most of us struggle with it, whether you look at survey results or just all the data from your booking system. I mean, you can be overwhelmed by it. It's like, oh my God, what do I do with all this information? And to have a tool that kind of gives you the straightforward analysis and gives you some thoughts, to me, that's like the science of dealing with the metadata. What's interesting when you kind of inject the human being into this, because humans aren't going away, that's the art of dealing with the metadata. You know, you get the analytical stuff that's distilled. So you're just not looking at raw data, lots and lots of data, making some, you know, very subjective, you know, um, judgments about it that you may not have enough to really do well with that. But when you can use AI to distill it down to some, you know, just more granular information from the data. Now the artful side is you with your experience and your context and, and just looking at each of those conclusions and going, hmm, is that right or is that wrong? Because it, it's imperfect. Well, an example that I think I said this before we went live is uh, attending the Cosmetic Society of Chemists here. I, one of the things we went through is AI developing uh, formulas. So right now what I'll do is, is I'll make a formula. I'll write out a, what I call my recipe and I'll make a formula. I'll pass it by. Sometimes I'll pass it by the chemist I work with, but often I'll just make my own experiment and I'll build it out. Well, that may or may not work. But what you can do with AI and these new systems that are in place is you can load all that data in. It'll come back and not only tell you, no, you need to lower this by 2% or half a percent. And then it'll tell you in what countries you could sell this product in. It'll tell you what the levels of irritation you may have because of certain ingredients. And, all the, and then it gives you a suggested um, refinement to your formula. And so uh, I'm super excited about that because, you know, it's really technical stuff, and I'm not necessarily that kind of technical. I like the finished product. I like to play with it, and I've done it. But it really is that kind of data. So if you take your, and you just said, you take the people that are the ones that are coming into you now, you might find that you're focused pretty good on their needs and their desires, uh, but you're not hyper-focused on it. You're not really zeroed in on it. And you can do that by taking the metadata and, and asking AI for suggestions on how to improve customer service and, and maybe even deliver new services and things. Um, I've always been very old school about, um, 
I stick to the knitting. We don't. We try not to do too many things. We try to do a few things really well. Continue to refine it. And, and by the way, totally off the subject, but I want everybody to think about this. Yesterday, I met a, a professor uh, uh, named Jennifer Marsh who works for Procter & Gamble. And I asked her, I said, so you work for Procter & Gamble? She says, yeah, I've been here t- almost 28 years. I said, 28 years? Wow. Why have you stayed so long? I mean, she floored me, Garden. She said, because Procter & Gamble does not hire people to come in and come to work for us at any level but the bottom. Everybody that comes in and starts in as a junior scientist or a junior lab assistant or junior marketing person. And when I heard her say that and I thought about I immediately thought about my own business. I thought, well, you know, that's good, that's what we do. We just put three new colorists on the floor. And 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 I just say that as an aside because I think that when you think about the the human touch. And the ability to, to work with these new young people, which, you know, we have a young person, quote unquote, she's 40 years old, is just getting ready to get her first day on the floor as a colorist, so, or I mean, as a cutter. But it, so it doesn't matter in chronological age. But it does matter that people realize we all have to start, build, and earn on the same path as the person ahead of us. And even better than that, the person right ahead of us can turn around and you can ask them and they can tell you a back and forth and give you and say, here where the here or where the footprints in the snow are, so you can find your way and not go off the path and be successful. And I think that that core concept of the human touch and who we are as an industry and doing great customer service and really engaging with the people around us as team members. I think that that is such an important, you know, the sacred place around the chair and in the salon. And then ask yourself, how can I augment, add to, not totally change, but improve upon it yeah, with AI? <laughs> and everything you just said, you know, I, I think, forget about technology for a moment, but you know, big picture, you want to leverage that, that idea, you know, of really, really taking care of your clients so it can help build your business, help, you know, create a really strong foundation for your business, build the moat, you know, build the moat around your business. We need to constantly be looking like, how do we make our larger lives in the salon professionally more efficient? Because when we're efficient, we have more time to take care of our clients. You know, if we, if we, if we have things that we do um, that we have to do, you know, just to, to, to live our careers and, and, and to manage our businesses, if they take away from the powerful idea of doing everything you can to make that client happy, then we should at least be scratching our heads going, hmm, is there a better way to do these things? And if it can free me up, um, then great. My grandmother was completely convinced that the calculator was the end of the world, like end of the world. And I'm old enough to remember when calculators started to kind of happen. If you don't know long division, the world's going to fall apart. Everybody needs to, have to be able to do long division. Well, we know that's not true. The calculator didn't end the world. She also thought the television, the, the color television in particular, was going to end the world. The, Microsoft's, uh, the microwave was going to end the world. Um, and then the computer was going to end the world. We're still here. <laughs> so, so, you know, the killer robots are probably not going to do us in. Again, we have to kind of hope the government takes care of, of us on that. Okay, we're way over time, but I love talking with you so much. And I think this is a powerful conversation. Last thought, Sam, on, on AI. It's just a wrap-up thought. <laughs> For me, it's a game. So, I would think that you need to look at your, your work span, your quality of your work. Uh, as something that's going to be probably, if you want it to be, a lot longer than you think. Um, I heard someone say the other day that you don't have to try to live another 
20, 30, 40 years. You have to just live another five to 10 years to intercept some of the transformational things that AI is going to offer to us about humanity and our ability to live a healthy, strong life. So I would suggest that you focus on taking good care of yourself physically and mentally, and and most everything around you will take care of itself, particularly if you stay if you stay here and you're given the opportunity to quote intercept some of these amazing transformations that are going to take place. Um, I love the, <clears throat> the idea of, of an interception because I used to love playing flag football and it was nothing more exciting than grabbing the ball right out of the hands of the other person and haul it ass down the field and knowing you scored because you were patient enough, focused enough and present enough to watch where the ball is and where it's going. There it is. That's where it's going. I'm going to be a nanosecond in front of it, and I'm going to intercept it and be a part of the future. So that would be kind of my big thought. And I would, and I would add on top of that is my final thought, is that if you put your head in the sand um, or you don't keep your eye on the ball, um, you're never going to get the interception. You know, you're, you're never even going to get, you're never even going to get the pass from your own quarterback. You know, so. Got to play. You got to play. Whatever you is, got to be in the game. <laughs> and, and it's got to be in today's game, not yesterday's game, today's game. I'm not a sports person. I'm terrible at sports analogies, but a little bit I watch technology and sports, even just the way they dress, the helmets, they, all that stuff, the fields. I mean, it's been revolutionized by technology and it has for many made the game better. And for others, my father was a old diehard on some of this stuff and things like astroturf he just thought was again was the end of the world but i i would say to everybody you know putting your head in the sand about any part of your business about any part of your life is is not what we would call a best practice well we we, we love our parents and if i would have my dad i said we're moved to new york he said you're what <laughs> throwing your life away right and, louisiana is phenomenal i love it we have a home there but the fact of the matter is you, you have to take risk so, quite not love talk. <laughs> same, same. It's a blast. Everybody follow Sam Bricado over on Instagram. Uh, Sam Bricado Salon also on Instagram. Um, Sam, where else can people give, give us a salon website if people want to go check it out? SamBricadoSalon dot com. Thank there, you. There you go. People go check that out. It's a, it's a great site. Yeah, we have a beautiful. By the way, if you go to the site, really look at the people. It is just such a wonderful mix of human beings and talent. I mean, just. Just a great mix of people. Again, we're out of time. I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank Sam again for, for being my guest. I, I, I always look forward to these conversations, whether we're recording or not. Um, if you like what you heard today, I encourage you to visit me over at socialbeautymakers.com. Sign up for my free e-newsletter. comes out every Monday with some new content, some links I found I think that might be interesting. I um, also hope you listen to Sunday's BeautyCast Network Mastering Beauty podcast. And um, yeah, once again, Happy New Year to everybody. It is 2024 when you're listening to this. We're recording in the middle of December. Who God only knows what will have changed about AI, Sam, before we get to 2024, but hopefully not much. Um, so wishing everybody a, a great start off to the new year. I'm Gordon Miller, uh, your podcast host. I can't wait to share more again with you next time. Mm -hmm.